about more than just research. It's about community, too. Right? See you in the community. What's going on this weekend? The last time we met, we talked to Well, last time I talked to the people from downtown. What was the last movie you went to? Miguel, what's new? Miguel, what's new in the community? Have you gotten any feedback about the Twitter feed? First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Welcome to the Community Board Podcast with your host, Miguel Valdez. And today we're going to talk about uh, how to get into science, how to get involved at a young age. So today we have three students of PhD, is that correct? Yes. And your name, please. Crystal Mendoza. Crystal. I'm Keely Redditch. Okay. And I'm Stephanie Angiano. Guys, where were we? What kind of information do you guys have? What kind of... Uh, resources that you guys want to share with our audience? Um, so today we'd like to share our um, information about our SACNIS chapter, which is the Society for the Advancement of Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science. Okay. And how did you guys learn about it? Were you guys part of it? Uh, I helped found a chapter at my undergrad institution of Oklahoma State University. I was heavily involved in a lot of Native American outreach there. And so when I came to Rochester, I noticed there weren't very many Native American programs at the Mayo Clinic. And you yourself yep. are a Native And I'm Native American. And so I kind of saw this need. And so then Crystal found out about that I was looking to found this chapter here at Mayo. And then Steph kind of came into the picture as well. And so the three of us together were able to found this chapter at Mayo. So. And were you aware of this type of programs before? Yeah, so in undergrad, I was in uh, RISE, which was the uh, research and initiatives for scientific enhancement program and as part of our program we had to go to one of two um, conferences a year um, either SACNIS conference or through the ABRCAMS which is the annual biomedical research conference for minority students so both of the conferences are huge for minority students but I liked SACNIS a lot and we had a chapter actually at my undergrad university and I helped out with that um, and like Keely, I noticed that there were very limited resources for Hispanic students. And coming from Texas, where a lot of the universities are mainly Hispanic serving, this was a definite need. Okay. And Stephanie, um, what I about actually, you? I um, was involved as a postdoc um, at Baylor College of Medicine. And I was actually just a member of the chapter and also attended the, one of the conferences, the national conferences. And I was happy to learn that um, my fellow students here were trying to establish a chapter here and was happy to help. And how do you see a benefit for the, for the, for the youth to get involved in these type of programs? Were you guys involved in a similar programs growing up back home? Or when was the first time that you felt the, you know, the, the science field was attractive for you guys? Well, for me, science was always on the table, um, especially biomedical science, um, because my family has a strong background in medicine. But like basic science or research science hadn't been on the table uh, at all, so I had to kind of figure out my way. Um, and I think SACNIS, as well as a post-bac program that I did, were strong guiders of this. Um, there were no, or not that I was aware of in like high school or college, of, that I knew of organizations that would help 
me. Um, it wasn't until my post-bac that I learned about SACNAS and other organizations. So you had that background within your family. What about you guys? Um, yeah, so I actually kind of have both sides. So I have a medicine background because of my mom, but I have kind of more of an environmental science background because of my dad. And so I grew up in a family that, you know, always asked questions and always wanted you to do discoveries and these kinds of things. So I participated in a lot of science fairs in high school growing up. And I was always, you know, kind of asking all the hard questions in science classes and wanting to find the answers. And I loved to do like science experiments, a lot of kitchen things that would happen and there would be messes. My mom would be like, what happened to my cat? My kitchen, it's destroyed. Um, and so those kinds of things. And then whenever I got into undergrad, I got in touch with a lot of Native American organizations. So I was part of a group called Native Americans in Biomedical Sciences, or NABS, that was founded uh, by the professor that I did research with at the, my undergrad institution. And he kind of encouraged me to get involved with SACNES and keep moving forward. And so I've always kind of been involved my whole life, really. Yeah, so for me, I didn't really have a strong background in biomedical sciences. Neither of my parents are in the biomedical field at all. Um, but I had teachers that really loved to, you know, help students figure out their passion. And I had a very great health teacher in high school. I went to a magnet school that was primarily STEM. And Where do you grow up? I'm from El Paso, Texas. El Paso, okay. Um, and so I went to a magnet school that was an early college high school. So you get your diploma, high school diploma, with your associate's degree. And my health teacher at the time, um, he was getting his master's or PhD at the university at UTEP. Um, and he encouraged me to apply for a variety of opportunities at UTEP to do research. And I had never really considered research as a field. I wanted to do engineering at the time. Um, and I did research one summer with my undergrad mentor who I Wh which up, age or which grade are we talking I was a junior in high school so okay. I was 17 in a research lab over the summer um, and my undergraduate mentor for my research I ended up staying with him for about three years after that initial research experience and how long have you guys been working trying to open the chapter or the chapter is already uh, is happening yeah, so the chapter is already here. It's been going for about a year now. Um, it took about two years to get started. It was just trying to make sure that we had enough support from the Mayo Graduate School and just the student body in general here at Mayo because we're kind of a unique environment. We don't have undergrads that would participate and that make up usually a majority of the chapters in other locations. And so we kind of had to work with SACNAS to kind of create our own chapter, which is nice that they allow us to do that. And so from that, we were able to kind of mold our chapter. And so we've been going strong for about a year now. And so who would be the ideal uh, target population? Who you guys want to work with? Who, what kind of youth? What ages? And, and um, Just about anyone um, who is passionate about science and diversity and inclusion and STEM education. For, for greater and up? Or? Yep. We have done activities with uh, toddlers. You know, we're hoping to get um, high schools involved. We want staff and employees from Mayo to be involved, students in all the schools at Mayo. So anyone in the Minnesota community could. Um, and you guys work in. outside of the walls of the Mayo Clinic? Or you could go to whoever partner you guys partnering with? Yeah, so our first event was, a, was called a Lunch and Learn. So we did a diversity discussion, basically, talking about the Dakota Access Pipeline, actually, and talking about resurgence of Native American activism. And that was a, our first event that was inside Mayo. And then after that, 
we went to the Science Museum up in the Twin Cities, and we did uh, Fusion Days. So they have Amantas de las Ciencias. And you guys brought some students? Yep. or and we brought students, and we went up there. So there was um, Hispanic Fusion Day and Native American Fusion Day, and we taught kids how to make DNA using gummy bears and Twizzlers. And so we worked with all ages, and we had about 400 kids total for both of those days come by our booth, which was great. Okay. Um, So here locally, we've worked with the uh, Minnesota Children's Museum here in Rochester. So we have an ongoing partnership with them. And that's where Stephanie mentioned that we've worked with toddlers. So they have um, a great arts and crafts room. And we've set up STEM booths, essentially, little tables where they can go around and do different experiments. Um, And that's fantastic just to see them learn. And they're the most curious little guys ever. Um, and so we really love things like that. We love bringing science to the community and teaching kids no matter what background they're from. Okay. And it's also important because not only are the kids learning, but we're learning how to communicate science to people that are not, maybe not in the science field. So to make it more easily understandable to them and relatable and so that we can inspire them to actually pursue careers in science because they can now understand that they can too join and, you know, do all these fun things. Yeah, and it's really nice to interact with the parents because the parents oftentimes, they want to do things like this with their kids. They'd love to have these activities at home, but they don't know where to go to access that information. So we actually give out handouts um, where they can access all of these different experiments depending on the age of the children. And do you guys have any event on coming up? Yes, we actually have two events coming up. So we'll be part of the Festival of Cultures here at the Mayo Clinic, which is where um, a lot of the Mayo employee resource groups come out, and they each have booths that represent the diverse cultures within Mayo. Um, We're actually working with the Celebrate Dakota group, which is the Native American group here at Mayo. And then the next day, which is Thursdays on 1st here in Rochester, we will have a booth there as well for Diversity Day. And so Steph here has created this wonderful wheel game so we're going to do trivia and people can come by and kind of like learn about hispanic culture but also native american culture as well what is what is in common what do those two cultures have in common on your words um well they're underrepresented um they're especially underrepresented in the stem fields um there's a lot of uh, mental health uh disparities as well um as well as medical disparities. So there's quite a bit in common between underrepresented communities. Um, And, you know, they're all wanting to learn as well. Yeah, in my eyes, I think they're just not as well looked at um, in terms of, like, people doing outreach for them, which is why organizations like SACNAS are important. Um, And I grew up in, we grew up in a city where we had an actual like Tigua reservation. So for me, they, they're never independent. They're all one and the same because we had both cultures in one city. Um, and we all look the same, similar. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Mexicans came from both Native Americans yeah. and Spaniards. So for me, it's never different. Um, and each nation has their own culture, yes, but we all come from the same root, essentially, in my mind. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I would kind of agree with both these people <laughs> on either side of me. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just think, I think that it's important to 
kind of preserve culture too because we're also coming in to teach people about science but I think it's also important that they teach us as well so there's a lot of things that we can learn from traditional culture as well that can overlap into science a lot of Native American mythology and just beliefs in general are about protecting the earth and taking care of it as you know we're its guardians not rather that we own it and so I think that's important too so a lot of um, Native Americans actually at least that I've seen at this that I've met at SACNAS go into environmental science policy and work to improve care for the earth and these kinds of things so I think that that's important and it kind of overlaps for both cultures and what would you guys um invite the people right now to contact you what do you guys meet once a week once a month or is a small meetings where you guys plan those activities what if somebody wants to volunteer with you guys what kind of role they don't have to be male employees i mean do I they or or as a participant or as a that as a parents of a kid how can they get involved i just want to see for you know everybody in the community not just uh, within the walls of yeah so the we have clinic. A, we have a facebook page and so they can reach us there that's probably easiest for general public to reach us and we're um, going to be posting that here in, in the information yeah and so you can contact us through that we are open to have anybody come and help volunteer as long as you're just as passionate about this mission as we are then that's all that matters to us personally okay well i want to share something like you said on uh regarding disparities um here in in Umsa county there is um, a need on on mental health resources and next Tuesday, August 22nd, we're going to be doing a bike ride to learn about local resources about on mental health. So we're going to be riding to a different spot in the city and, and people who who suffer of, uh, some mental health, but they had help. They're going to share their testimony on how they've been helped and how their life was affected uh, before treatment or before getting help. And once they got help. And then we're going to go to a local agency, to NAMI, where they're going to give us a tour or their uh, office and share what kind of resources and information do they have. So it's about six miles, uh, easy, easy ride. We, nobody gets <laughs> nobody gets behind. What is that saying? Nobody left. Nobody left, left behind. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> August 22nd, 6 o'clock, 6.30, you can come uh, to the Peace Plaza. People is going to uh, gather there. Do uh, you guys have bicycles? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get you one. Nick, do you have a bike? Of course. Okay, so. You need a bike. We have, yeah, we, we have four now. So, anyways, check it out. Uh, I'm going to be posting that information also in our, on the Facebook of the community board. Anything else, guys, that you guys want to share? Um, I just want to share addition to these two lovely ladies who have talked about a lot of the Hispanic outreach. So on the Native American side, we're trying to work on planning reservation visits. So my goal is to target students that are in tribal colleges and that are on reservations because there's such a disparity and there's a lot of misconceptions that are given to Native Americans saying, oh, well, you can afford things because of, say, casino money. And I feel like that's a big stereotype that is incredibly untrue. And I think it's important to educate people on this mission and also working with um, Native Americans that come to Mayo for treatment because Native American culture, we have a lot of things that are sacred to us, such as the smudging ceremonies. And so we're working with the Celebrate Dakota group to try and incorporate that into Native American patient care 
and kind of provide them with, you know, there are resources here for Native Americans at Mayo. And so I think that's important as well. And so that's part of our SACNAS mission too. It kind of extends beyond STEM, but I think it's just as important to, you know, kind of preserve the culture and interact and encourage it as well and foster it moving forward. Yeah, so if you want to meet some of the SACNAS members or volunteer, please reach out to us through our Facebook page, MCCM SACNAS. Um, we will be at the Festival of Cultures on August 23rd from 10 to 2 p.m. And then Thursdays on First Diversity Day from 12 to 8 p.m. Okay. Stephanie? Yep. Um, just, again, we welcome everyone. And you don't have to be of a certain ethnicity or be part of an underrepresented group to participate at all. We're welcome. We're so inclusive and we're welcome of everyone. And also, um, we are currently hosting a backpack drive um, for uh, families of... For back um, to school? Yes, for back to school for students that are in Red Wing. So there are a lot of students that are in need up there, about 30 families, which is about 50 students. And these are all uh, families that have recently immigrated to Red Wing. Um, so our backpack drive is going through August 25th. And we're collecting um, supplies here at Mayo, uh, as well as steam and Bravo Espresso. Okay. And that list uh, for supplies will be on our Facebook page as well. Awesome. Okay, now I want to ask you some personal question for our, our audience who, you know, they're in, they're in school and, and sometimes at the end it looks so far, even to high school, you know, and sometimes there's struggles and... What does it take to be where you guys at? So it's, you you mentioned elementary, middle school, high school, college, in your case, biology. Is that right? Or Yeah, so um, I graduated college with a, like a biomedical sciences, biochemistry major. And then? And now I'm getting my PhD here at Mayo Clinic. And what kind of field would you work once you finish? So what what I'm just trying to you know open the the window for everybody to imagine different fields. Yeah, so I want to work in infectious disease research. Um, kind Give of, me a case that somebody can relate to that. Um, so there's a lot of movies where like everybody gets a mysterious illness, like some really bad type of flu. Um, I want to be the person that helps find out what that agent is. Is it a virus? Is it bacteria? What is it? and understand how that works and then develop treatments. So when you travel and you see in the airport quarantine for this type of thing? <laughs> exactly. That's what thing. I want to do. Oh, okay. What about you guys? Um, in your field? What? Yeah. So I graduated from the University of Texas at El Paso with a bachelor's in clinical laboratory science. And then I moved on to a postdoc. And then I came here for a PhD um, in the clinical and translational science track. Um, and for me, I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think I want to go into grant writing. And what grant writing is, is um, a lot of the scientists that uh, have their own labs and conduct research uh, basically apply for money from the government or other agencies to help support their research. Um, and Why is it important to, as a community member, participate in research? It's very important because it builds a sense of uh, community. Um, it makes it makes stereotypes in science less strong. Um, you know, you, you also gain a sense of I'm making a difference in science. You know, I'm not just a guinea pig. Like, I want to help out. And 
you know, many of our discoveries uh, are, you know, in great part due to, yeah, sure, science research, but we need people to volunteer so that we can make those um, discoveries taken from the lab to the actual patient care. So I'm going to be a student for forever. Um, I'm, actually, I'm actually planning on going back to medical school after I get my PhD. So I actually want to be a pediatric surgeon. Um, I want to work on congenital heart defects. So babies that are born with malformed hearts, basically. Um, and I also want to incorporate um, like regenerative medicine in with that as well. So kind of using the idea of stem cells to uh, help and rebuild or replace these damaged organs effectively and so that's kind of my end goal um that's really far down the line but i mean in regards to looking at you know the trajectory of things i would say the most important thing for the listeners is to enjoy the journey yes it seems so far but before you know it you're gonna be at z and you're gonna be like what am i doing next with my life and i remember my senior year of undergrad not really sure what was going to happen and then i ended up applying to phd programs and getting accepted into mayo which was great and then I come to Mayo, and now all I'm thinking about is the next step. But, you know, it's important to enjoy the journey while you have it. So there's a lot of discoveries to be made in science, and I'm going to do my best to contribute while I'm here and continue contributing as I go forward in my career. I think the key for me was perseverance and a strong support network. I mean, any in any field that you, um, you know, train for and try to get your education for, there's going to be a lot of challenges, academic and mental, sometimes even physical, and you don't always, you're not always going to hear you can do it or, you know, you're not always going to see someone that looks like you in the position that you want. But you need to know in yourself that you can do it and have a strong support network that you can count on to remind you of that. Um, Because there are people that are going to tell you you're not going to do what you want to do. And you need to, you know, keep in mind that you will reach that end light and you'll get there. It just takes time and it's fine. You'll get there. And where did you tell me you were from? Karen? I'm from Oklahoma. Where is the food, your favorite food from Oklahoma that you're missing the most? Mexican food. <laughs> what, in, in Oklahoma? I think it's pretty good. Um, Minnesota does not have spicy things, unfortunately. So that's what I'm missing is spicy food. And you ladies from El Paso? I miss Whataburger and Chico's Tacos. Whataburger? Oh, yes. that's good. Oh, my goodness. Whataburger, yes. And Chico's Tacos? Yeah, is that like a local, 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 local thing? Uh, chain? Yeah, if, if it's not a chain, it's just a place. Oh, it's... Yeah. yeah they they have, have good salsas or what? Yeah, they have uh, tacos that are in the shape of flautas for some reason. Yeah. And they have oh. cheese and, then and, the and sauce. And they're, they're in like a salsa. Yeah, a special sauce. Yeah, it's good. You should go really there. They open busy. late or is... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they open late till like 2 a.m. It's kind of ridiculous. Good. Yeah, I just, I miss good tacos at Pastor. Yeah. Well, I guess we, you guys can do some science and <laughs> figure it out, <laughs> figure the recipe. Out <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for coming and sharing and inviting everybody to be part of this. Let me see if I can say it. Oh, I forgot. Here we go. Sa- Sagnes. Sagnes. All right. So we're going to be posting all the information from them. We're going to be... Uh, connecting you we're going to put all the links and please reach out it's great they have fun you learn a lot and what better way to you know 
start building your own future. So stay connected. Please follow us on Twitter, on the community board. Also go and find us on Facebook on their pages for um, community board on iTunes on the community board podcast and SoundCloud also on the community board podcast. And let's go, guys. All right, bye-bye. First of all, for the people who contact us on Twitter. About a certain research. Can you tell me more? Well, depends who you talk if you talk to the people from the board. Why did the yogurt go to the art museum? Did you see in the news? To get more culture.